Have you ever wondered what it takes to build a successful business in the Australian property industry? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Business and Property Development, a monthly podcast in which industry leaders share their insights and experience with host Harry Karadimus. Hello and welcome to Business and Property Development. In this episode, I have the pleasure of welcoming back my good friend and colleague, Martin Lewenberger, for the third and final episode in our mini-series on performance and potential coaching. If you're new to this mini-series, I'd encourage you to revisit the last two episodes Marty and I have collaborated on. Listening to these past episodes will put some context around what we'll be talking about today. I touch on where to look for these episodes in the first couple of minutes of the conversation. For those who are returning listeners, in this episode Marty and I discuss the latest coaching session we undertook, which focuses on the theme of courage as well as looking at the results of my re-benchmarked EMP and cortisol testing. After a year under Marty's guidance, we've both witnessed some significant shifts in the key data used to measure my personal and professional performance. So please settle in and enjoy. Marty, welcome to the podcast. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me. Great to be here, back in the hot seat. That's it. (laughs) As part of the third and final episode on our mini-series on performance coaching, we'll be covering the topic of courage, Mm -hmm. which was part of our latest coaching session, as well as the results from my re-benchmarked EMP and cortisol testing. But before we get into these topics I thought we should give a brief recap on the previous episodes for the benefit of anyone who hasn't followed us on our journey to date. Season 2, episode 12 was our first chat and we documented your journey from development into performance coaching. It was in this session that you offered to coach me so that I could understand and experience the type of coaching that you're specializing in and for me to be able to share my results with our listeners. The second session in that session we reviewed the benchmark data we undertook as part of my 360 review emp the cortisol testing and the aura data now we also explored the two coaching sessions that we undertook uh, prior to that talk and those sessions were on the topics of boundaries and self-talk both of which were amazing sessions and uh, i think had a, a huge impact on my development over the past year so I'd encourage anyone who hasn't followed this journey so far to revisit those episodes so that this session also makes a whole lot more sense and is more holistic. Uh, Now, session three, so we'll be covering courage, the EMP and the cortisol re-benchmarking. To kick things off, what I thought I'd pass, pass it on to you to explain the concept of courage. Maybe we can focus on three key subtopics as in why it's a key area of, of mental performance in the EMP, what it encompasses and why it's hugely beneficial to work on it. Awesome. No, great to be here. And I have really enjoyed the journey with you. I've got to say data speaks for itself, but the change that you've experienced and, and told me about, absolutely incredible. You know, that comes down to vulnerability, comes down to trust. And you've given that, you've been an open door. And obviously our relationship, there's there's confidentiality, but there's there was trust there and openness. And we had a professional relationship prior to starting any of these podcasts, probably even before you even thought about doing podcasting. It took effort for you to move beyond that, to open up and show vulnerability and, and build another layer of trust. I can work with individuals who don't want to be vulnerable and don't want to have any trust because they come at coaching from a defensive point of view. and 
you can see the results just it doesn't flow there's hardly any change because of the resistance the best clients are definitely the ones that want to lean in but actually want to change there is definitely a difference being told to work with someone or someone who is actually seeking development and wants coaching so well done to you mate thank you so courage let's start with bruce lee he said courage is not the absence of fear it's the ability to act in the presence of fear and to be aware of is that we're actually not born with fear. We actually learn fear. We learn that through experiences. Fear is something that we've had an experience and we think, ah, oh, that was a terrible, terrible you know, outcome or, or, or that didn't go the way I wanted to. So then you avoid it. So it becomes an avoidance thing. So courage is what we battle fear with. Often we talk about courage or you look at courage and it's, you know, like rescuing someone from a fire or it's not that at all. It's actually, well, it can be that, but it's also having the courage to lean in where there's unknown or there's anxiety or there's a past experience that didn't go as well. Courage is actually a muscle that we need to train that you can actually rely on it and have agility with it rather than you can just act upon it and draw upon it. So that's why in our sessions, we try and build a courage bank so that it becomes familiar rather than this overthinking. Because fear is an emotional state, which is completely irrational. The event hasn't even occurred yet, but we are making so many assumptions around it of how that event will go that we actually don't step into our full potential because we're limiting ourselves. Yeah, courage is really knowing what needs to be done despite feeling anxious or afraid. So walking through that, exactly walking through that door. It's just that the more you walk through that door, the more comfortable you get. And you've been there and you, you build this courage bank and you're like, all right, I've been in this environment, done it before I survived. You know, so it's, it's about building evidence. Courage is, is built up of two elements, competence and confidence. So competence is around knowledge. It's knowing how to do something. And confidence is around actual capability, so skill. So those two together form the what courage is it's and how we build. Courage is, is made up of those two elements. So think of it like this. You can have the confidence or the knowledge of a song. You can sing that song, you know the words, you know, you know the melody, all those sorts of things. Then you've got the skill of how to play the guitar. But if you're actually unable to do that in front of a crowd, you undermine your competence and your confidence and therefore your courage goes away you know if there's that fear of performing in front of a crowd then you lack courage to actually leverage your knowledge and your skills and your abilities and therefore you're going to have a lack of performance you can go and do all the training courses you want you can do everything you want but actually if you're not building the courage to actually leverage that then it's it's being wasted essentially is it a mixture of actually experiencing things and also training and having awareness through how to build that? The awareness is huge. That's a big part of it. You know, if you can actually recognize in your life where you're taking the short kick and that concept of the short kick, I'm, I'm, being from Adelaide, I've got an AFL background. I'm going to run with that. The short kick is basically rather than actually kicking long to a pack, is taking the short kick to avoid consequences of turning the ball over or avoiding consequences of actually not progressing the ball further towards your own goal. So taking that short kick is almost bypassing responsibility to someone else. Where are you actually avoiding taking risk? Because you can't be successful without taking risk. They don't go hand in hand. You know, there's 
success and courage. You know, there's some people that are just successful by sheer luck, but there's a courage to actually step back yourself and take action. I think this is where the concept of courage becomes really quite interesting. You do have to make those those steps, those big ones, but it's recognizing which ones are, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head when we last spoke. It's the ones where you're being reckless or the ones where you're, you're taking a big punt, but also having the ability to back yourself to see it through. Perhaps in my personal circumstance was leaving my job as, uh, as an architect to start my own business. So I'm thinking that's probably one of the biggest moments of courage that I've had to experience. And then probably ones within my business where things didn't go well at all mm-hmm. and felt absolutely alone mm-hmm. and needing to change, but desperately not wanting to because... I actually didn't know what was going to happen on the other side of it. So for context, before our courage session, I had Harry come up with two or three key courage moments in his life. And we're talking, you know, right on the edge, needing a lot of courage. The reason that we we look for those two or three key moments is they become power anchors. We actually want to familiarize ourselves with that. So what we did in that session was we tried to get Harry to almost relive that moment of being there when, whether it was resigning from a job or trying to relive relive that moment of what it felt like when he had to take that courage moment so that he can use that as a tool going forward as a power anchor. So next time you've got a big decision to be made, straight away it's fresh in your mind because there are so many so many circumstances that it's an event and then we just file away we don't actually give it credit of how important that moment was or to pivot or that changed our lives how courageous we were in that moment it's drawing upon that experience to go okay i've done that before i can do this again and so that's where we use those couple as power anchors On reflection, you're right. They've never been used for anything more than the moment that they were in, which it almost does you a disservice because you think about how many times you need to take risks outside of those moments and and you can bet your bottom dollar that they didn't come anywhere near the consequences of either taking those risks or taking those risks and then not working out. Yet we probably shy away from taking even smaller, you know, smaller risks to seek bigger gains. And it's interesting what you said about being reckless. Yes, there can be reckless moments and taking a real gamble without actually thinking. And that often is when there's not a clear mission or clarity around purpose. purpose. However, for someone who is quite reserved and can look at someone and go, they're really reckless. But reframing that, they might not be reckless. They might just have a really strong courage muscle that they're like, I've done it. I can back myself. I've done it before. What's the worst that can happen? The sun's going to come up tomorrow. That to them is just a way of life. Whereas that might look really reckless to someone because they've never lived or experienced life in that way. We also touched on the way that courage might not necessarily need to be something as huge as say leaving a job to start a business but it could be fear of what someone might say if you're chasing them up in in a role that they're in or if you're leading a team you dwell on the fact that you know i mean i come across this quite personally where i need to chase people to get work done and it's a constant part of my job but Mm. i feel like i'm an absolute pest the fear that i have sometimes is that people are going to turn around and say harry seriously man f off (laughs) but literally that's also the worst case yeah you know, that is, that's the worst game. Uh, welcome to development, right? Yeah. Welcome to project management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's it. But again, that that's a minor point. But I feel like that could be quite relevant to a lot of people in terms of having the courage to just pick up the phone and just make it happen. A courage bank is essentially finding ten to fifteen moments 
in your life where you were courageous. And we're not talking about the power anchors, but we're just talking about courageous. Like you walked across the the room and you did something that goes against who you are. You know, you stepped out of your box. That's a courageous moment. And so it's building a bank of these and actually then reflecting on them, giving yourself credit and actually becoming really familiar with that. Because the more you're familiar with that, you're like, okay, I've done that before. And it becomes familiar rather than becoming anxious or building up all these thoughts in your mind of what could go wrong. You actually bypass that because you've got that memory of a courage bank to go, okay, I've been, I can do that. I need to just pick the phone up. What's the worst that can happen? I've picked the phone up before. We've, I've had this type of conversation with someone before and it went okay. I survived. I'm not saying that you're not going to experience failure, but through failure, because you're willing to walk through that door, you're either going to have success or you're going to learn something. I feel like that is probably the biggest takeaway. It doesn't matter. Success is as a bonus, but information is, is power. You either figure out, you have the conversation with someone about yeah. why something's not going right, but had you not made that call and spoken to that person, you'd yeah. be none the wiser. And therefore, then your performance is actually affected because you may not necessarily be leading in the right way or you don't have the information to report to to up to up manage or to do your job properly so or even for that matter like with family speaking to your kids speaking to your wife look and i've got to i've got to take a moment because there's probably people out there that may be in an environment whether it's a work environment or whatever environment where it's not safe and and when i what i mean by that it's not psychological safe there's no safety there to actually take risk to be courageous because you, you have someone above you or you have a boss or you have someone that's undermining you or is intimidated by your willingness to take initiative. So there are definitely environments where, you know, people can definitely not feel safe yeah. and, there's, and there's fear and, and, and that. And that's something that they need to address in the sense of recognising that the environment is not supporting a courageous moment, yeah. if that makes sense. But at the same time, there's a courageous moment and opportunity there to break that. You know, our environments uh, play a part, but it shouldn't define us or limit us. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. yes. There's opportunity everywhere. And the more we build a courage bank and we're aware of that, it's it's one of those things where you can act on it so much quicker and, like I said, bypass all the assumptions, all the self-talk that will undermine your confidence. There's that courageous moment then to actually change it's funny, the EMP categories are so heavily intertwined with each other. Like just, just what you said there, everything to do with boundaries and self-talk and courage, they all play a part in you making or having the ability to make decisions. Yeah, it's, it's really intertwined. And that's why these are, these, this EMP, it, it highlights mental skills that need to be sharpened to improve. And you sharpen one it pulls other things with it. I think one, I guess, tip, you know, other than encouraging people to think about key moments when they were really courageous and trying to embody what that felt like, but also the experience that they had afterwards and use that as a power anchor and a powerful tool to make future decisions. The other thing I would say is Try and see yourself in three years' time. And this sort of goes back to if you're in an environment that's not supporting you or if you're in an environment that's not optimal for you or is limiting you, ask yourself, what's your experience in three years if I stay or what's my experience in three years if I left? And then actually try and give yourself advice from three years in the future. 
the Harry in three years' time, try and give yourself advice now. What did you experience from that, that exercise? Well, that exercise was quite interesting. I mean, I'll share a personal, perhaps limiting belief that I have is that I can potentially run my business from another country. And this is a constant roadblock that I come up against is it was so hard to get this thing started. And I feel like it's finally got some sort of rhythm. Now, it's still a long way to go. But then I would also love to experience living in another country. What would that be like for my business and also my family? So what experiences can I give my kids or what experience can we have together as a, as a family in another country? You know, we did the exercise where I looked at myself in three years, having done it, exploring perhaps what the worst cases would be, but also some of the, the benefits that I've been able to experience as part of that. And then I also did a third person piece of advice. So looking at myself five years ahead or six years ahead, talking to myself. It was quite interesting to pick up on the fact that I oh, I may have regretted the fact that I didn't do it and therefore really brought to the fore some thoughts about actually implementing it. What does that mean to get it done and how difficult is that to actually implement? It was a really good exercise and it also brought to light some thoughts about giving it some time to actually process because I think in the day-to-day, everything's just so busy. I get to the end of the day and I, I have no more capacity to think about something as or what I feel is quite extreme and so it's been great to have some awareness around that now and to say okay is there something that we're going to do and, and if we are let, you know, let's do it. What we're talking about now is you know there's those limiting beliefs that we have told ourselves that completely limit our future you know if you sort of have this belief of it's got to look like this way or can't do that because that's going to be your experience of life until you can actually challenge these beliefs that you've ingrained in yourself or you've learnt from others of the way they've lived their life and the choices that they've made, you can't actually change your altitude, your altitude of thinking until you actually go, all right, living in Bali is an option. And what, what would that look like? Yes, sure, there'd be some sacrifices or yes, it might look a little bit different, but you'll find a way. It's changing those pathways of thinking. From a courage point of view, I've still got my own challenges that I need to walk through and my own fears that I've got to walk through. It was only three years ago that I was in a corporate job and I was in an environment that was limiting and it took a lot of courage to leave that and back myself. But I can also sit here three years later and go, I can't actually go back to that. How did I do that for 15 years? Three years later, I'm leaning on those heavily to build the next three years, to build the next five years. But also what you've achieved in three years as well. It's incredible. I think congratulations also. Thanks, (laughs) Andrew. Thank you. Let's jump into EMP. Obviously, I won't go into the detail of the results because that's confidential for you. But out of the 31 categories, 29 have shifted positively and some have shifted significantly. Some have shifted five or 6%. Some have shifted by 80%. And I think those shifts are incredible. What's interesting, I'll let you talk about this in regards to courage, but you can work on one area of the EMP and it can actually shift other things. Like for example, with boundaries, if we work on boundaries, which we did, you actually find that your focus improves your energy improves, your self-talk improves because you're actually living more true to yourself and making decisions. The results are absolutely incredible after the three sessions that we've had. From what I'm hearing is that you're experiencing life in a completely different way now. Definitely, I think the sessions that we focused on were extremely beneficial for, 
I think where I was at that particular point in time, yeah. I think that speaks to what the EMP is, is really great for benchmarking is this mm-hmm. is where you're at at a point in time and Correct. therefore these are the things that we need to work on. The EMP is very different to a personality test. Personality test would say this is how you think, this is sort of how you respond in certain situations based on your response to questions of who you are as a person and your personality. The EMP is at a point of time going, this is your strengths, this is where you're lacking, and this is where you're doing well. It allows us to spotlight and go, that is an area of focus that we need to really hone in on, and then we can look at what's next. You know, it can be one of those things where I've done now about five or six EMP benchmarks, and I remember the first one I did, I was really strong in certain areas. And then the second one that I did like six months later, you could tell that there was a significant thing going on in my life because internal intrinsic motivation dropped. It went from like 80 to 40. And that's when I just, I couldn't even get out of bed. I had no motivation to get out of bed. I wore a jumper over a shirt. I just didn't even want to iron a shirt. It's situational, but we were able to go, all right, that's an area that needs attention right now. And let's work on that to understand it rather than being this big picture, my life is a mess or everything is a problem. It's actually not. You've got so many strengths. It's just, okay, what area needs assistance? Mm. What area needs some focus? What area needs some love? I think that was what I noticed most about the differences in the in the EMP. Some looked like they were struggling, but it's probably the lack of awareness about what was going on. And yeah. if I can perhaps touch on some of my reflections about yeah. the EMP is, yeah, absolutely. is having the awareness that things can improve or need improving and therefore which ones we work on. And that was one of the things I noticed with the second benchmark is that the stuff that we hadn't shown a light on had perhaps improved as much, which was quite interesting. But the ones that we did and the ones that we had some data around really moved. And this is the benefit of benchmarking again, because you can actually go, these are the shifts, but you can actually see what areas might be stubborn. You can be like, oh, that's surprising. We worked on that. It may have landed for you, but you, you may not have actually fully applied change or really adopted the tool. So there's some resistance there. Let's lean into that. Why is there resistance there? You know, there's a bit, we can go a little bit deeper. But what was interesting about your profile, there was one area that didn't really have any change, but that was also the area that we hadn't had a session around. It'll shift. It'll shift, it'll shift. (laughs) But like you said, it's the awareness. There's four categories to resilience. You may actually, two of those categories be really strong, but there's one that you're just struggling with. Don't let that be the lens of you being not resilient. I think it also goes the other way. You might think you're actually quite resilient, but you're extremely strong in one category and weaker in other parts of it. They're the blind spots, that's right? The blind spots, and that's yeah. what is amazing about, and that's the benefit of linking the EMP with the 360, is that you actually get feedback from people that reveal your blind spots and you can see in your EMP, oh yeah, that makes sense, yeah. What that person's saying completely agrees with the EMP profile. Like you say, you can have blinkers on and think I'm completely resilient. Then you get some feedback and you go, well, you are in this area, but this is actually holding you back. Yeah, well, that was certainly my experience. So some of my other reflections, given the changes, I mean, I'm a pretty reserved kind of person in terms of my personality. So I think for me, it was a quiet satisfaction and wasn't expecting it. I tried to do the EMP without 
dwelling on it too much and just trying to be in the moment and not overthinking it. And so I was really, I was very encouraged by what I saw. Also the motivation to keep improving. Yeah. I think seeing shifts like that, even though in the day to day, I probably wasn't feeling like I was improving, but again, that probably comes across. I think that goes back to needing to reflect a little more on where I am at a particular point in time versus where I was. I think I have that now. It's like that motivation to, if I can improve this much, what else is possible? And then it's definitely the, just the belief that I can be a significantly better person in all aspects of, of life. I'm also not surprised with the change in the shifts that we've seen because of the effort you've put into it. And it's interesting, we were just talking about courage earlier, but courage being made up of competency and confidence, competency being knowledge and confidence being skill. The more you invest into those two things and invest in yourself, invest into knowledge, invest into your skill, practice, the more courageous you're going to be. Should we touch on cortisol? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the cortisol test that we, we did, again, just for those who, who may have not listened to the previous sessions, we, we have the EMP, which is the executive mindset profile. We do the 360 and then we have a cortisol test as well. So cortisol test is basically the lab sends directly to Harry uh, tests, which has five swabs in it, saliva swabs. And you do one at, immediately when you wake up in the morning, half an hour after you wake up, lunchtime, early afternoon, and then before you go to sleep. So they're the five. So it's all done in one day. And then you send it back to the lab. The lab gives you the results. And basically what the lab is testing is to understand how much cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is produced in your body. So there's there's a natural curve that should be produced. So when you wake up in the morning, your body, your body actually starts producing cortisol probably about an hour before you naturally wake. It's getting you ready for the day. Cortisol is that fight and flight. Peaks in the morning and then as the day goes off, it should taper off to the point where uh, melatonin takes over in the evening for you to then fall asleep. The thing about cortisol is that we can misuse cortisol. And in today's day and age where we're always on, where we are always alert, where we've got information and demands coming at us left, right and center. You know, you think about the fight or flight back in the day, you just needed to either run away for a leopard or you needed to kill an animal to feed your family for the week. It was only sporadically needed. Whereas today, you know, I remember sitting in the court for like, like I would see a phone call come from someone that I just didn't want to talk to or I'd see an email pop up there was another demand another request another and and so you, your body's actually in you know assessing and in fight and flight all day and there's not a moment to rest and there's not a lot unless you've got the right boundaries in place and you know people talk about well I only check my emails you know between this hour and this hour and that sounds ridiculous but actually what that person is doing is they're actually looking putting boundaries in place to look after themselves that they're not on edge and available the whole time for the world if that makes sense so there's actually time for them to rest and recover so they're actually listening to the body which is a great thing but it sounds extreme but at the end of the day cortisol can tell us a lot about what our body is doing internally and whether it's struggling or not the the beauty uh, again i'm not a doctor i, I basically use the data from the cortisol as a visual and a point in time to go, Harry, that looks like your body is got a lot of lot of stress or you're heading towards burnout. It's meant to be that 
moment where you can actually understand what's going on in the inside. Yeah, so that's been that's been a great tool to see the differences. It's important to have a physiological sort of benchmark as well. It's been a good tool to use. You know, your cortisol is heavily influenced by situations, situations, yeah. but it's also heavily influenced by your sleep. It's a free drug. <laughs> like it's it's a resource that we have that we misuse. We feel like we can always catch up on it, but it's the quality of your sleep. You know, how do you prepare your sleep? Like, what's your sleep hygiene like? How do you do? You, fall asleep with a phone in your hand, wake up with a phone in the hand. Because if you do, like your sleep is going to be very different to your phone being outside of your room because of the blue light. Or again, you're available. Subconsciously, you're just like expecting a text message or you're you're available. So your sleep is a big one. That's definitely something that is still needing to improve, taking some steps to get that one back on track. Still probably a little under where I need to be, but... I think that's what the cortisol is definitely, definitely showing. And again, situational being the end of the year, it's always the mad rush. Some pretty intense projects going on. And I think we've got to remember, and I, we're all human, right? We've got deadlines, we've got jobs, we've got kids. You're a dad of two. Your sleep data is pretty good for you being, you're in a, a big phase of your building your business, you've got two kids, you've just gone through an awesome rebranding of your business. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. And it's great to see, but that in itself, you were doing something completely outside of your comfort zone. So it required more of you. And, you know, looking at your sleep data, there's just minor tweaks that you need to do. But again, because you're using the Aura Ring, you've got data, you can actually make make sense of it, but also make decisions around it and become aware. I think what I don't want to see is someone becoming really rigid around data and trying to fixate themselves that it needs to hit this because then that just defeats the purpose of it. Whereas we want to just use the data to guide decisions and make small steps to improvement. I think I've also liberated myself from some of that rigidity. Like, for example, I think we touched on it before, but I used to force myself to wake up insanely early because concept of that early bird gets the worm kind yeah. of thing. But at the same time, if I am working late, I will give myself license to wake up late. And I don't beat myself up over it anymore because I'm like, okay. Well, you used to. Used to. Yeah. yeah, but now, and I think that's maybe some of the shifts in the in the EMP where some of the stuff has regressed, but we're actually thinking that that's a good thing because of letting go of certain aspects. All that stuff is interlinked, but yeah, heading back to sleep. Some of those small tweaks and just not being so rigid, but also having the data to say I've had a really heavy week, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, bed early. And just to pick up on what Harry said there about there was in the EMP. So the EMP gives you a score between zero and 100. Zero to 60 is an area of focus that needs improvement and that we need to, to work through. 60 to 80 is essentially the blue zone where you know, things are good, you're operating well, but there's room for improvement and there's value that can be added by improving. And then you've got the sort of 80 to 100, which is your high performance and you're doing really well. But there are scores which you don't necessarily want at 100. So one of your scores, which is, if you don't mind me saying, was commitment. You know, you were at 95 for commitment. That's a badge of honor, right? Like, oh, I'm committed to my family, I'm committed to my job, I'm, I'm committed to my clients, and you absolutely are. And your, your work, the work that I've seen when we worked together when you were at SJB, was of really high standard and really high quality. So you were completely committed to the job, you were com- committed to me as a client, but that was actually affecting other areas of your life because once you went home, 
you put the kids to bed, you spent time with them and you've got amazing boundaries with your family, but then you went and did work and you actually didn't have any time for yourself to rest and recover. You didn't have any time to connect. All those really important things that are going to serve you and be more sustainable to avoid burnout. Uh, that's right. And so you're, you're rebenching your commitment now, I think it's around 80, which is, is in the blue zone, but that's healthy. Some people are really committed to their jobs and, and that's fine. What we're talking about is that you regressed in that score, but it's not a problem. And you've actually benefited from letting go of some things and being less committed in a healthy way. That's a really key point. It's good to shine a light on what that was. So we've discussed the EMP. We've talked about some of the reflections that we both had. We've covered the cortisol testing and the analysis. To wrap this up, would there is there anything further that we wanted to add to give some benefit to our listeners, given that this is the third and final recording that we're going to be doing together? I think one key point that I want to make is that this is a journey. Small steps are important. We never arrive, but there's been a lot of work done by you. It doesn't just happen overnight. And I actually want to give a tool to your listeners that I think over the Christmas break or in the new year could be really beneficial. It's something that I use for myself weekly. We haven't gone through it together yet, but I will definitely get this across to you to work through. And this tool is something that just allows us to sort of help track and maintain and, and be really aware that we're moving towards our goals. Um, this time of the year, people are like, all right, I want to lose 20 kilos, so I'm going to sign up at a gym and I'm going to go five times a week. And they go to the gym five times a week and then they get an injury because they haven't conditioned themselves into that. Or they go five times a week and then they get sick and then they fall away and they actually go to a worse place mentally and physically because they're actually not moving towards their goal because it was too much of a stretch goal. And so that, that shame creeps in, you know, and so there's avoidance that creeps in. And whereas I think this tool, which is the valued living questionnaire, uh, which I'll attach or attach to the, the podcast when it gets sent out, it basically touches on 10 different areas of your life, family, friends, health, spirituality, all these different areas. And there, there may be some that aren't applicable, like parenting. You might be you know, might be 23 or you may want kids in the future or you may not. It's take it as you will. But what you do, there's sort of a couple of parts to it. There's, there's three parts. So the first part is on a scale of one to 10, highlighting where you want to be. So with family, it might be, that's really important to me. I want it to be a nine or family's not, for whatever reason, it's not that important. So it's kind of a six, but work for me is really important, 10. So that's the first step is highlighting where you're aspiring to be within regards to how important something is in your life. The second part is then going back to that and going, okay, on a truthful reflection, where am I actually on this scale? If family's a nine, am I a seven or am I a three or am I a one? Because what that does is that shows us the gap between where we are and where we want to be. The next step to that is actually going, all right, rather than going, all right, I've got to go from a three to a nine. I've got to do this and I'm going to book a family holiday and then I'm going to call up everyone. I'm going to go, okay, we're going to have a WhatsApp family message group and we're going to do family dinners on Sunday night. It's going to be a roast. And then on, on Wednesday, we're going to hang out. And then on Friday, we're going to hang out. It's just not realistic whatsoever. If it's a three, what do you need to do to move to a four? What do you need to move to a five? And actually going, all right, it might not be an eight next year. It might be, it might take you three years to get to that point that it's an eight. But what are the small steps that you need to take to move towards that goal? 
And the other powerful thing around this is it actually helps you prioritize your time. Time is such a valuable resource. So it actually goes, all right, I'm a, I'm a three where I want to be an eight with my family. How is that possible? I, I didn't realize that there's such a large gap. Now I want to put more time into that. So it helps you. That's the power of this tool. The way it can be used weekly is kind of just having it somewhere on your, your iPad or, or wherever and just going, okay, where am I at now? Am I moving towards that or am I not? Is it slipping? Did I feel like it was a good week? And you can basically just use it as a, as a very quick mental check on am I moving towards my goals? Am I moving towards where I want to be as a family man or am I moving towards my goals with career or or am I moving away from that? And you can actually start to reflect on that and yeah. ensure that you put action in the next week. Or okay, next week I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and it's actually gonna move you from a three to a three point five. As long as there's momentum in the right direction, and if there's momentum in the wrong direction, that's okay. Life happens, things happen, but we're actually not getting to the end of the year going. How did it go from a three to a one? So it's actually helping us maintain movement towards our goals yeah constant checking in as well yeah. i think that's really key not being surprised mm. but also not letting issues kind of fester till you get to the end of the year and yeah. feel like you need to make like you said insane shifts and you know new year's resolutions yeah. where they end up being unsustainable end up getting to the next year in the same position yeah so you're making better decisions based on that weekly feedback and those reflections and that awareness rather than making decisions just on a gut feel i think also the benefit just taking in what you're saying is also just carving out time to reflect and be curious i mean how often do we get to the end of a, a week and not have any ha have made any time to just check in with ourselves that's hugely beneficial yeah. so and that's that's a really really important point harry the lives we live now are just so full there's a few things around that where where is there time to rest where is there time to be creative? If you have a meeting that finishes at 10 and your next meeting starts at 10, you're already late. And you're now sitting, if you've rushed to this next meeting at 10 o'clock or you've just dialed into this meeting at 10 o'clock, where was that transition from, let's go to the building industry, where was that transition talking about DA conditions that we're trying to negotiate with council from the nine o'clock to 10 o'clock to now talking about building a sales strategy to sell some apartments. Where was that transition and how it actually is going to take you longer to add value and really be present in this marketing strategy. Whereas if you actually had some space and go, all right, I've got the marketing strategy coming up. All right, so what do I want to get out of it? You can just have space to be creative to go into that meeting. Our diaries are so chockers. You know, I'd encourage people to go, all right, don't just book in a 15 minute lunch spot try and carve out some time for creativity don't use your time at night to rest where you should be resting to be thinking about that marketing strategy because you have no other time yeah exactly plan your time carve out time to four different segments of of yourself if you don't have time you're not going to be resting you're not going to be creative and you don't actually have the opportunity to explore and be curious I remember when I was working in development, I was just working. It was back-to-backs Monday to Friday. And then on Sundays, I was preparing for the week ahead. Since leaving that, the amount of opportunities that I have come across because I have time and space to have conversations or to explore ideas, 
Absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's fantastic. So again, thank you so much for taking me on this journey. Look forward to sharing this conversation. No, thanks. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for those who've tuned in. Thanks for those who have reached out. It's been an absolute pleasure and you should be really proud, mate, of what you've achieved and the shifts that you've had. And and I think your business and your family is going to reap the rewards and dividends of that. This is the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Marty's insights on courage and how we can use it to achieve our potential in various situations. I personally found the session on courage an invaluable part of my journey. It has prompted me to reflect on several instances where courage has been needed. The most important lesson I've taken away is that action is better than no action. There's always learning to be had and with learning comes a degree of experience. Experience, in turn, is critical in developing that all-important courage bank Marty spoke about, which we need to steel ourselves in big moments. Regarding my re-benchmarked EMP and cortisol testing, if there was ever the data to reinforce just how effective Marty's coaching technique is, it's in the way those numbers have shifted over the course of a year. Suffice to say, it's been an incredibly enlightening experience, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity Marty has given me. As we begin the year anew, the question is, will you look to pay attention to your performance development? Ask yourself, what tools do you have and what people can you surround yourself with that can help you reach towards your personal and professional potential? Well, that's it from me for this month. I'd like to thank you again for tuning in and I look forward to sharing the next month's episode with you in the coming weeks. Take care and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Business and Property Development. Join us next month for more insights from people whose business is property. To subscribe and listen to other episodes, head over to businessandpropertydevelopment.com.au.